0: All the way from Providence, Rhode Island, welcome to Outlander Cast. It's a podcast dedicated to the show Outlander on Stars. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Outlander Cast. I'm your host, Mary Larson. My name's Blake, and I have been dying,
1: absolutely dying, to do this live cast. I've been so excited. I've, I, I can't wait to just actually participate with everybody and, and talk with everybody. And uh, if you if you have a keen eye on Periscope, as this episode begins, uh, we're both wearing Star Wars shirts. <laughs> <laughs> that's right we are both wearing star wars shirts and if uh if you're not listening to this live don't worry about it everything here it will it's not going to be you are just as much as included in, in this conversation uh as everybody else that's in the chat room or on periscope please please um don't feel like you're left out you're not this you're just as important to us as everybody else so
0: anyway my love um Are you ready? Are you ready for season two of Outlander? I am. I'm totally ready. I'm so incredibly excited. I
1: know, I know. And hey, guys, actually, as a matter of fact, I wanted to let you know that anybody that is on um, Periscope or that is on Mixler uh, in the chat room, please, please, if you have any questions for us, if you want us to answer something, if you just want to chat with us, you want to make fun of us, you want to have a good time with us, please post it in the chat room or please post it on Periscope and we will try our best To get to you uh the best that we can and uh in the meantime i think we're just gonna have fun with this
0: we are perfect we're just gonna
1: do it um so are you ready for season two yeah yeah me too i'm i'm so excited (laughs) you know it was in it was the trailer that did it for me it was it was that final moment of uh, claire being you know there at the end saying i'm back and oh my word like what, what is that about?
0: You're going to find out, Blake. I know, I know. You're going to find out, you non-book reader, you. And
1: as much as I'm having fun with this particular live cast, I wanted to let you everybody know that is listening right now and that is listening after this has been recorded that we're going to be having another live cast, but it won't be just Mary and I. In fact, it will be Mary and I, and some of our blog staff writers, including our editor-in-chief, Kendra Spring Spring Classic, we will all be there, we will all be talking, it will be live, you'll be able to listen to it, I think we'll be periscoping on our end, and uh, all, all of the bloggers will be there, like I said, And it's going to be a great clan gathering. So it will be an hour before the episode begins or before the episode goes live on April 9th. So I'd say probably like Mm 745-ish. And then uh, it will go up until 845-ish. And then after the episode is over, we will have an instant take episode with more of our bloggers, another clan gathering, and we'll all be together talking about it. And you can interact with us at any time and have fun with it. And uh, I think that's going to be a fun thing. I think, you know, I kind of like this live casting thing. You should. Especially on the, on Periscope. Um, and I kind of want to do it more uh, because it, it's great interaction. And it's uh, you get the video and you get to see our, our little studio here, like like I've said before. And uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I just I'm real I'm really into it I'm I'm looking forward to season two uh, specifically again because of Claire being back uh, but I have a great outlandish theory of the week that I'm really looking forward to as well and if you heard our last episode uh, check it out it's the I think it's episode forty as a matter of fact it's the French history episode 18th century France uh, my outlandish theory of the week then was that Claire and Jamie have always gone back to France. And, and Claire has always gone back to Scotland, and uh, it, it's just a part of history. So whatever Claire tries to do in order to change history, it won't succeed because it's already happened. You know, because let, let's consider this just for one moment, I, and I know I want to get to the top five things, uh, but let's just consider this for one moment. Let's say Claire does succeed. Let's say Claire tries to change history, and maybe she does. What does that say about the timeline? What does that say about alternate universes? Is that something that Diana delves into? And to personally for me, I'm not sure she does. I mean, I mean, how the hell do you get nine books or ten books out of this as a matter of fact? How do you get ten books you know that, that's, that will be coming out soon? if you don't broaden your perspective, if you don't broaden how uh, how much you're telling this story, But if you start going into alternate realities and accepting things as they are, that complicates things
0: pretty heavily.
1: I mean, don't you think?
0: Oh, totally. That totally ma- does
1: that. That complicates things and it, it convolutes the storyline, and you'd get bogged down in details. And that's why I feel like Claire's not going to succeed. Claire, it just it's not going to happen. Culloden will happen, and Bonnie Prince Charlie will go and take out, um, well, or at least try to take out the English in England. And and I think it. I think that is possible. Uh, But in the meantime, I think we should stop wasting everybody's time and actually get into the reason why we are all here, which is to hear our top five favorite things about Outlander Season 1 and also what the the one thing is.
0: What are we doing? It's okay. Periscope people are having difficulty hearing us, so I'm trying to see if that will help.
1: Okay. That sucks that... Periscope people can't hear us. I wonder why not.
0: I don't know. But however, everyone on our site can hear us. So that's one of the good things. Okay,
1: good. All right. Well, you know, I think, uh, you know, live casting is not a science. It's an art. (laughs) It is an art. I tested everything. Everything seemed to be working fine. I don't know why it's not. What can you do? Anyway, uh, so let's get into the show. Let's do it. So, my love, um, do you want to start or shall I start?
0: You should start.
1: All right, my number five. We're gonna go five to one here. So five being, you know, the, the fifth most favorite thing of uh, of the episode. Um, but I, I would have to say that my number five is the, and this is gonna sound really bad. Uh, in fact, that's gonna sound terrible. Uh, but I, I have to say it. It's the trauma that Jamie went through. In the in the last two episodes, okay, um, and the reason why I say that is because it 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 created a real conflict for Jamie, yeah, uh, and it it furthered the plot obviously, but it was a character based thing. He was literally tortured, literally tortured, right, and he was tricked. He was forced to think that Blackjack was. Um, claire he uh he was he, he he gave up on life and he was willing to die he was he ex- he had accepted it and now going forward what does that mean for the character the story is important and and what that does for um what that does for for the, the, the story going forward it, i'm sure it propels a lot of things but what does that mean for the character right um, I think the character itself will, will be tormented by this, and that will weigh heavily, and mm-hmm. that will inform, I think, a lot of his feelings about Claire, about being put in a position like that again, uh, and it will inform a lot of his decisions going forward. Because you have to think, you, you, have to, you must be pretty emasculated when not only are you, are you being raped, but you've also accepted the fact that you're going to die right you're you're going to die and there's nothing anybody can do about it what does that do for the character and that's what's most important and that isn't that is not uh possible without the trauma that jamie went through am i a sadist no did i did i enjoy seeing you know jamie get raped did i enjoy seeing uh you know the hammer and the nail and the nail going through his hand no of course i didn't i mean it's 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 entertainment, you know, as I put it in, in quotations, and, and it is entertaining, but the most important thing is how it affects Jamie, the character, and I think it's going to have a huge, huge impact on him, and it's, it, it makes it for an interesting layer of Jamie, and the, the king of men, you know, he was treated as such, and what does he do from there, and how does that affect his relationship with Claire, you know it you know you talk a lot about depression and how you feel about yourself and and you got to imagine that this probably sends him into a pretty dark place right Mm -hmm. i mean that that would that's kind of self-evident so how does that affect his relationship with claire and if if they have if if they have this baby and they they do all these things um in france (laughs) i mean man being able to deal with that that is that's pretty tough um but uh, that's mine. What do you got for num- for your number five, my love?
0: My number five is Scotland.
1: Scotland? Yes. How is that?
0: Okay, so I've never been to Scotland. I am Scottish. And of course, now that you know where season two of Outlander is starting to go, right. I'm really, really happy that we were able to see so much of Scotland in season one. I've talked about it before how Scotland to me was like another major character in Outlander season one. It Mm -hmm. was stunning. It's made me want to go there even more. It's made you want to go to Scotland, which is awesome because I've been saying many times like, hey, we should go to Scotland and now you want to go. (laughs) Now you really want to go. I do. And I think not only that, but it's been able to help other people who, May not have ever thought about going to Scotland as as tourists. Um, it's made them want to go, and it's also made people learn about Scottish history. Mm-hmm. You know, aside from Braveheart, very few people know about the Jacobites or about anything that goes on with Scotland. Well, I would and, say very
1: few people know about the Jacobites in, at, at all. Period. Yeah. yeah. You so know?
0: I think that Outlander has really helped promote. Scotland as a whole, its history, its culture, it's made bagpipes cool. (laughs) Ben McCreary, of course, was very excited about that. It's made a person like me who loves Scottish music really excited. And I'm just pumped that Scotland was able to be shown in such a beautiful way uh, that it really helped promote the country and its history and its landscape. I would agree.
1: And I think that's that's a great number. Let's get into number four. Number four for me. Is the Devil's Mark. That episode, well, I actually got two in there. Um, the Devil's Mark was uh, almost a high water mark for uh outlander in my opinion mm-hmm. um and i'm not saying that it can't reach that level again but what happened in that episode and actually go back and listen to our <laughs> shameless plug our interview with mike barker the director of that episode i think it's episode 30 ish 32 maybe um go back to go back and listen to that if you haven't got a chance yet uh it be mike barker talks about the devil's mark um uh, but and I really liked the courtroom scene and, you know, I think we're going to a fucking barbecue and, um, and how she, and how Galus, um, let's, let everybody know about, um, the, uh, the mark on her arm in 1968 and all this other stuff. Uh, and then her going to, um, get, you know, burned at the pyre, really, uh, as a witch. I thought that was all fantastic. It it, it lulled a little bit uh, right beforehand in the and where they were being held captive in that hole in the ground. Uh, but the the Devil's Mark itself was a fantastic episode. But where it sold me was when Claire admits to Jamie that she is in fact from the future, and his reaction to it. He wasn't like,
0: "Oh my God, that's full of
1: crap," you know, Mm -hmm. you know, or "You're crazy," or "Did you take your pills today?" or you know, stuff like that. He didn't say any of that. Did you
0: take your pills today? (laughs) I don't think Jamie would have said that. Maybe he would have been like, "Did you eat your flowers today?"
1: (laughs) (laughs) How much you been drinking, lady? I know we've been tipping back on the whiskey a lot, Um, but no, he didn't do any of that. He actually supported her and you know said you know it would have been a lot easier if you were just a witch (laughs) you know i thought that was really cute and again it's those character moments it wasn't the fact that galus was being burned that was great even though that was really cool as she was being carted off and the courtroom scene and and the 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 testimonies and all that other stuff but it was them sitting on that log in the creek and uh or wherever it was and then her and then she telling Jamie about how she's from the future and and the the, the whole the whole montage and talking about planes and uh, what, what was it? Elephants. elephants yeah, yeah, it was elephants. And um, that that was remarkable character work. It, like Listen, you can you can give me all the splendor in the world like Batman versus Superman. If you guys have, a, have got a chance to see in this movie yet. But listen, the idea of Batman versus Superman is freaking awesome right it's two of the world's most famous superheroes fighting each other how can that movie not be awesome and i'll tell you it wasn't in, in fact it kind of sucked it sucked because yes while it's cool to see batman versus superman fighting there was no character build up there, there was no motivations there was just it was just them and while it looks beautiful it there was the <laughs> The idea behind it just didn't exist. It was just—it was all fluff and and nothing real. And that's where Outlander needs to go, and that's what it needs to keep doing. Uh, It needs to—it needs to keep working within this character framework, and that's why The Devil's Mark I feel like is a high water mark. Although I think it's a, a close second, or maybe even tied, would be the Garrison Commander. That, uh, that to me that was, was a, yeah. that was phenomenal, but I will be talking about the Garrison Commander later, <laughs> okay. so I will leave that for then. My love, what is your number four? The score. The score?
0: Yes. I mean, hello. I'm a musician, so I have to give huge props to Bear. Mm-hmm. I just think that all of the musicians are so talented. Um, once again, just like I was talking about Scotland, I think that we're able, through Outlander and through Bear's music, we're able to bring about instruments And melodies that the general public may not always get to listen to. Mm -hmm. And whether it's bagpipes or just, oh gosh, the little flute that he has for Claire, like all (laughs) this kind of stuff. Or even the clarinet. The clarinet for Frank. Yes, right. Oh my gosh, I do. I just I think that he has woven such a beautiful, beautiful score. I've gotten to know Bear's music a little bit more. Just a side note, Blake and I have been watching Battlestar Galactica to yeah, get that a our girl. like Ron Moore, Bear McCrury fix a little bit more. Blake had seen it and he was like, "You have to watch this." This, this. was
1: Mary's homework during Droughtlander. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "If you, if we are going to continue." Uh, podcasting about a Ron Moore show you need to watch Battlestar Galactica and I will tell you I think I kind of like the BSG soundtrack better I kind of do I'm I go back and forth I listen I hear an Outlander soundtrack and I'm like oh this is amazing Outlander is a lot more cinematic. Yes. It's a lot more complete. Yes. But the unique nature of the BSG soundtrack, oh my, if you guys are soundtrack files or whatever, however you call that, if you guys are soundtrack nuts, please, especially season three of BSG, listen to the season three soundtrack. Amazing. Like, the, oh, the, Anyway, my love, continue. I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, so I just love the music. If I had to go back and forth right now, I am liking Outlanders better. That's Mm -hmm. okay. That's all right. I have not been disappointed with a single piece that came out on the CD. That Bear wrote Oh okay alright all right. So whereas in BSG There's been like One or two times Where I'm yeah. like Bear Like when the
1: Pegasus Showed up You had that weird Like what, did, like porn like music <laughs> Yeah yeah Like weird porn Twilight music <laughs>
0: <Yes>. <laughs> I did I was like This sounds like Twilight music what did I, You Bear know I'm do? gonna bring it up no, I'm, I'm totally gonna bring it up no, I'm gonna do it Don't make me relive it Anyway the score <laughs> Is definitely number four I just love it Being able to speak with Both Bear and Rhea And interview them For Outlander cast Was such an awesome experience and it made me love the score even more yeah. so if you guys haven't listened to those interviews head on over to outlandercast.com here it is oh here we go the BSG sound that I was like oh yeah
1: <laughs> like weird Twilight porn style music <laughs> listen
0: alright please please I'm done I'm totally done what's your number three favorite thing from Outlander season one? Oh,
1: that was funny um Number three, John Gary Steele. And the crowd goes silent. Who is John Gary Steele? Oh, by the way, before I, I, I go into that, uh, Mary and I always like to do this. We always like to uh, have a competition between us. And, uh, what? Well, the last, the last two live casts, we've had a competition. Oh. Uh, to see who is better, who has the better top five. Oh, okay. So please, I, I would like your votes. <laughs> I would like your votes, okay, and uh, and let us know who has the better top five. Unfortunately, the last time Mary kicked my ass, so I I refuse to let that happen again. And I will totally, totally rig the process if I have to to, in order to win this in order to win this particular competition. But number three, number three is John Gary Steele, my love. Do you know who John Gary Steele is?
0: Ah, the sound,
1: the sound of silence. It's it's deafening.
0: The sound. Of silence. <laughs> <laughs>
1: John Gary Steele is the production des- uh, the production designer of Outlander. And what does the production designer do? He actually creates the sets and everything that goes on that you see with all the details in Outlander. Mm-hmm. You know, he he he, he decorates uh, Castle Leoch. He makes the 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 witch's hole, whatever they were they were standing in. He he makes um, uh, the torture chamber, he he does all of this stuff. Everything that you see, the production the production designer creates it. Now, he doesn't light it like the cinematographer does. He doesn't direct it like the director does, but he builds it and designs it. And John Gary Steele did a fantastic job, a fantastic job for Outlander. Seeing the detail that went in to the production. Like, I remember um, seeing Castle Leoc when Claire and frank went down into into the bowels of the castle and you know they were getting it on on the table in claire's future or past or i'm not even sure how you would classify that uh her workspace um I remember seeing all the dust and the cobwebs, but all the little details of like the candles and the Mm -hmm. books, and uh, how everything uh, has. They have all like little not potions, but little elixirs and extracts and bones Mm -hmm. and everything. uh, And and everything that's at Claire's disposal, like and then going to Galas's house, how detailed that was. Um, But I and then and then seeing everything on uh, on the watch at Jamie's house. Uh, I thought I thought that was just unbelievable, and it looks like he's continuing his fantastic work in season two, uh, scouting out all those locations and seeing like where that that big library that Jamie and I think the Duke of Sandringham is in, and then of course you can't you can't even let go of what Claire and Jamie's apartment looks like as well uh, for season two. You've mm-hmm. seen it in the trailers, right? Yep. So th- this man is exceptionally good at his job, and nobody ever really talks about him uh, because it's not its not very um, flashy. You don't really know his name, uh, but his work is phenomenal. Um, so please, that that's my number three. My love, what do you have for your number three?
0: My number three, I don't know. I don't know, Blake, how you're going to feel about this, but my number three are the costumes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> of course. You know what? You placate... To the fans so much. What are you talking about? You totally did that. I'm sorry
0: (laughs) that you and your non book reader ways and everything's like, This is so new. This is so new. No, this is stuff that I've literally had in my head for for so long and I've been trying to envision what Claire's wedding dress would look Mm -hmm. like. Oh, everything all these little tidbits i mean just the detail that they have and being able to learn from Terry and talk about the historical significance of these pieces i mean it's just been so incredibly exciting to see all of these great costumes even the men the men's costuming is so cool and even that scene when Jamie's putting on his kilt <sighs> but you know it's it's just so exciting to see how brilliant they were did you just
1: purr yes do it again
0: Kind of sounds like Chewbacca.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We are wearing Star Wars shirts. We are. We are.
0: But, you know, every single little bit of detail of these costumes. And the most amazing thing, I think, about the costumes Mm -hmm. in season one is even though the colors are, to be honest, like kind of muted. You know, the the Scottish colors are really like greens and grays and, and browns and stuff. It's not the the opulence that we're going to see in season two. Yep. It's not the red dress. It's not all of these. Yeah, like well hold on time out time, out.
1: time out. What is the big deal with this red dress?
0: Listen, non book reader, just you'll <laughs> find out, okay? I can't I can't keep hiding things from you and looking off into the wall and acting like Whatever. Anyway, you'll find out. <laughs> you'll find out soon enough. Oh my so god! So that's my number three: are the costumes.
1: Okay, you know, and I will actually go along with you on this a little bit. And where the costumes got me, seeing the kilts and the and the wedding dress and all that stuff was fantastic. Great, I loved it. But what really got me was the British soldiers' uniforms. They weren't perfect and pristine, uh, like how they were like in the movie The Patriot. You know, the one with Mel Gibson. They weren't like. Um, bright red and perfectly cleaned and pressed and these guys you know were went through it and it was dirty and they they weren't just they weren't just off the rack if you know what i mean they were used they were aged and they were miss- They were missing buttons, and the their boots had dirt all over them. They weren't perfectly shine. I
0: love that you're just like explaining why my point is so good right now. L- I- costumes I'm just- are great. <laughs> Continue. The costumes Continue are to great. Make me win. Th- you know what?
1: Oh, oh my god, Play- playing to the masses. That's what you're doing. Unbelievable. All right. All right. Fine. Well, uh, let's get to the number. I still, I still maintain that John Gary Steele is, is, is a better choice than costumes. All right, so my number two is kind of like your number four, which okay. is Bear McCreary. Oh, love. Bear McCreary, and I'm not going to talk about it because we did talk a ton about Bear McCreary in his work, but Bear McCreary himself, um, I think, has evolved over time. Um, his work on the, on the Walking Dead is good uh, it's a lot of tone music so it doesn't stand out in in particular in many ways although i will say um his his work for the governor is the pulse uh mm-hmm. actually i wrote a I wrote a note about this on the blog a big blog post if you go it's the top 10 uh songs from bear mccreary as a composer uh, which does include some work from outlander um but He has evolved. He has definitely become more cinematic. He has definitely become more complete. He has an eclectic taste. He does tend to overuse drums. uh, And he does tend to uh, pound it into the ground with the drums. But his work on Outlander, especially with the bagpipes, and and then picking something, like I said earlier, like a clarinet for frank and the reason why he picks the clarinet is because the clarinet is totally foreign to jamie in scotland in the 1740s it didn't exist so that's why he chooses the clarinet for frank because only frank would know what the clarinet sounds like and that that level of detail that level of thinking about outlander and the time and the theme and the tone of what he wants to create he is becoming a major player not just in the television industry television industry but now he's making his step forward into uh the cinema world and you know he he just composed 10 cloverfield Lane, mm-hmm. the the movie that's taking the, the the world the pop culture by storm um <coughs> excuse me so but Mary McCurry's work in this show it defines the show like everybody talks about scotland and the scenery and again the cinematography or even the set or even the production design i agree but what sets the real tone for this show is is the score it is a complete other character you it, once you hear the bagpipes like from now on whenever i hear bagpipes i will be thinking about outlander specifically because of bear's work mm-hmm. And his his use of the bagpipes and the um, the hurdy gurdy and and all, all all that stuff, it's so uniquely Outlander now that you can say that it's it defines the show. Like how the music in Lost it that was uh, that defined the show, right? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and oh, hold on, I have to play my Lost sound. We have to go back, Kate. There you go. Uh, that defined the show uh and now that's happening with outlander and he has totally set the tone so i love i love bear mccreary my love what's your number two
0: my number two is the chemistry between the actors oh my
1: god more playing to the masses once
0: again blake i am the masses (laughs) i don't know why you keep forgetting that i'm an outlander fan literally (laughs) they are believable Uh, they are precious okay first and foremost the actors themselves are just amazing and exciting and I just love everything about like this upcoming week where we're going to be able to see them on American television but even on these little videos that we've been able to see I just love them as individuals I love everybody but I especially love our, our lead actors and I think that the chemistry could not have been any better for Our Jamie and Claire,
1: I would agree. I agree. Are you a shipper? No, no, you're not a shipper. You don't really care if they're together or not. No, in real life, no, because it does. I mean, obviously, it does. They have this amazing chemistry, so I could see how people would think that. I mean, I'm not a shipper either, I don't really care, mm-hmm. but uh, there-, there is this whole shipping community that is like out there, and they like they firmly believe that either Jamie that either. Uh, Sam and Kat are like together yes. or they're not yes. like in like, okay. how dare you? Like, it's crazy.
0: I am not a shipper. So for those of you who don't know, I have worked in the television and film industries. And listen, this is part of the gig. You, you gotta, you gotta have good chemistry if that's your job. And I'm so thankful that they do. They seem like they are just adorable, amazing friends. And I don't know. I don't know what goes on. <laughs> I don't need to know because all I need is is what comes on my TV.
1: Yeah, that's what matters most, right? As long as the chemistry is alive and it percolates through your television set, mm-hmm. that's all that matters, right? I mean, that. I mean, who cares if they're together in real life or not?
0: The only thing, I mean, and some people are talking about this right now A Mixer, the one thing that uh, I would really stick to that I'd be like, please kind of don't be together in real life because God forbid you have a fight or anything oh. and you break up, that won't do so well for your on-screen chemistry. That okay? happened.
1: That happened uh, on that show, Dexter. Dexter was married to the lady who plays his sister on Dexter, mm-hmm. and then they got divorced halfway through the halfway through the show. There was eight seasons, and they got divorced in like season four. And then they still had to play like this really tight, really close, niched like mm-hmm. like like brother sister relationship, and it was like so awkward. <laughs> so yes I can see why you don't want them together so because you don't want that you don't want the chemistry to disappear yeah yeah it's almost it's it's almost kind of like you know it's 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 tantalizing. You kind of want you kind of want it to be true. Well,
0: of course. So we're not actors. You or I, right. and we've never had to uh, pretend to be in love with someone or sexually attracted to someone else, other than you know you I don't or think I. I. Could do it. Well, exact. That's it's it's tough, but you know that's what actors get to do, and it's great that they are such good friends and they get to have fun and they get to be goofy and thank God they have a sense of humor because they have to do some really intimate scenes, and if they didn't get to have that great rapport with one another, mm-hmm. they wouldn't be able to. To act as passionately and sexually with one another. As right. you said, I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't go up. I mean, maybe, no, but I
1: couldn't <laughs> whoa, go whoa, whoa, up. I'm up. Whoa, I'm joking, whoa, whoa, time out. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's another time out. That's the second time out of this podcast. <laughs> oh, my word.
0: Oh, my God. Well, I'm not an actress. So God bless them both.
1: What, what's a famous example of chemistry not working, in your opinion? Like someone who just was one of my famous examples? Yeah is Jennifer Lawrence and Josh Hutch- Hutcherson in, in The Hunger oh. Games. Those two... It's it was, supposed
0: to be a little awkward. It was painful. Okay, I'll just say Batman.
1: It was pain painful. Batman who?
0: Um, Batman with who? I, any of them. <laughs> any Batman. I'm like, none of you actually love each other.
1: Yeah. Oh, it was painful. None of them. It was painful watching those two. I don't believe
0: Batman. You know what? But Batman, I just think is selfish. Like, so, I, different topic. I,
1: I, I, believe, I believed uh, Kristen Stewart and what's what's his bucket there? Uh Robert Pattinson more than than
0: they uh, actually were in love. Yeah, well, I
1: know, but whatever. Okay. Okay. Number. All right. All right here we go. We're gonna. No, get you're the, number one. Okay, hold on. All right, number one. The number one thing I liked in Outlander, and I'm gonna get killed for this, and I got a feeling. I just, I, you know, I just know that I'm gonna lose this one because specifically of my number one.
0: Because you already saw mine.
1: <laughs> no, but I, I. Well, I mean.
0: You can okay. see, see the Google Doc. You yeah, know oh
1: yeah okay say. I do see it. Oh my God, that's oh, oh it's so cheating.
0: Whatever. I'm taking
1: risks here. I, I'm bringing stuff to okay. the table.
0: Let everyone know the suspense has been All built. Right.
1: My my number one. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. Blackjack Randall. Blackjack Randall. Oh my God. It, the problem that Outlander had and it faced was that it wasn't. You, you didn't have a clear antagonist. And the only clear antagonist that you had was Blackjack Randall. When he was not on the screen, I don't want to say, it wasn't, it didn't have, it didn't like drag, it wasn't a lull, but there just wasn't uh, this menacing force that pushed Jamie and Claire to do what they needed to do until he showed up. And he would take, he would have these long, um, bouts of not being on the show
0: okay are you doing like blackjack randall slash and frank or is it just straight up bjr
1: bjr man i I, because i love frank don't get me wrong I'm, i'm totally team frank but blackjack randall what he did first of all tobias menzies on screen is electric he commands he dominates Every single scene that he's in. And, and, and that's hard for me to say, too, because I always thought he was kind of like a, a weasel. Like every, every, um, every show that he's ever been on or every movie he's ever been on, he's been kind of weaselly uh, prior to Outlander. I haven't seen his work yet um, since Outlander, like some of the new stuff that he's been on. But he's been kind of weaselly. He's been kind of like, uh, um, I, I don't know, he's just kind of like been like dinkish. I don't. I that, that that's if that's a word, dinkish.
0: I don't know. You just made it one. Why not?
1: Sure. Uh, I'm from I'm from Boston. I can do that, uh, and I can sound smart doing it too. How's, how, how do you like that? Um, he is he is absolute absolutely electric on screen, and the way he changes his voice, it kind of goes a little deeper. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and his movements, his his subtle movements, like with his lips and his tongue. In oh, his the hand, tongue the thing. tongue thing! <laughs> right, and like when he's drawing, um, when he's drawing Claire uh, in in the garrison commander, um, and the way that he just the way that he holds himself, the man is terrifying. And when he is on screen, he he pushes Claire and Jamie. He pushes Jamie. He pushes Claire, and he makes them do things that they one don't want to do or two don't know if they can do and he gives them a reason he gives you a reason to be scared uh and let, for every television show there is your tel- your show or your movie is just as good as your antagonist or your villain let's say that the dark knight is a total example of this without the joker and heath ledger's performance the Dark Knight, first of all, doesn't, is, not, is not in the top 20 greatest films of all time. But what Batman has to go through in The Dark Knight doesn't have the character weight. It doesn't have the story weight. It doesn't have the dramatic weight that it does unless the villain, who is the Joker, is as good as he is. And that's what Black Jack Randall does for Outlander.
0: I would agree that Blackjack Randall is an amazing villain. He
1: really is. He's great. And I don't even want to say villain. I want to say antagonist because villain, when I think of villain, mm-hmm. I think of like mustache twirling. I'm going to yeah. tie you up on the railroad tracks okay. and Blackjack Randall. And that's the other thing that that I like about him. He's not just evil for evil's sake. Mm-hmm. He's evil because his character. Yep. Who he is, is messed up. He is. He's is screwed up in the head. Yeah um what he knows he has these urges and he knows he likes jamie and he likes jamie because of x y and z and he does things based on his his, i don't want to say love but his his affection or his obsession with jamie uh, and what he does to claire because he is messed up he doesn't care he's going to do whatever it takes Mm -hmm. Uh, it to further himself and that he is multi-layered and that's why he's such a fantastic antagonist and not a villain okay my love what do you got for your on number one
0: my number one is the fact that Outlander was finally, 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 finally brought to the small screen. I
1: just lost this entire competition. That's it.
0: Whatevs. Call it a night. Whatevs.
1: Don't gotta go home, but you can't stay here, kid.
0: Once again, Blake, you're not a book reader, so you do not appreciate or understand. There's no way that you could get to this, okay? It is something that we have been dreaming of and wishing for and hoping for, and... It's not only on a screen, but it's on a television screen, which means that we get to see the plot lines have the time and room to breathe. Not like a movie. You know, Mm -hmm. not here's your hour and a half, two and a half hour movie, but honest to God, a real television series. Mm -hmm. So excited. (laughs) I'm just going to leave it at that. Well, it
1: it couldn't have succeeded as a movie. It really couldn't. I don't care what anybody says. If you're going to do it as a movie, you'd have to do like, book one as a movie right you you couldn't do the whole story that's being created you'd have to make it a franchise like the hunger games or or my love you ready for this one yep. i want you to say it i want you to I want, I want you to i want you to understand what i'm about to say what's another famous book series that you love
0: Harry Potter. You're a wizard, Harry.
1: That's right. That's the first You're a Wizard Harry of the season. That is season two's first official You're a Wizard Harry, just for you. And I, I teed that up for you. Do you like that? Thank you. <laughs> the-
0: I was actually going to say earlier that you're team Slytherin, and that is why BGR is your number one.
1: Oh, 100%. Yeah. I'm totally team. I'm, I'm such a Slytherin. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty pathetic. And my wife, my beautiful wife, who's sitting across the way from me, is a Gryffindor. Through and through just does stuff without thinking shows up she's brave she is smart she's beautiful but she she's just man she's tough and that she's a total gryffindor type a gryffindor and i'm a type a slytherin (laughs) i lie and i cheat and (laughs) i do everything i can to win um so that is your number one do you have anything else to add to your number one
0: no, that's really it. That's I just, what you got? That's, those are my top five. So my top five is Scotland, Bear McCreary score, the costumes... Um, the chemistry between the actors and the fact that Outlander was finally brought to the small screen, a a close follow-up would have been just the discussions that Outlander has brought about to our community, to the television community, uh, to people who may not have heard about Outlander, but in general the discussions about love, about infidelity and cheating and is this, uh, wh- what would you think about this? Right. Um, even even abuse and uh, abuse, particularly male-on-male abuse, yep. uh, to be able to say that this is something that does happen and And, um, you know, as we've talked about in previous podcast episodes, my mom didn't even understand it. So I had to sit down and explain it to her. So that was my close, like almost made into my top five is just the discussions that not only you and I have been able to have, but we've been able to have as a community. And even as just like people who aren't in love with Outlander, but they watch an episode or two and it makes them talk.
1: Right. And I'm going to go with you because because rape was a popular device that was used this year. Uh, on television, um, and we have three specific instances that I can remember, mm-hmm. which is Game of Thrones with uh, spoiler alert Sansa, and then the leftovers spoiler alert with Meg, and now obviously um, Outlander with BJR and and, and Jamie. I, I, I will say that I will give stars and the crew of Outlander and Ron Moore credit for going full bore the way they did with the rape scene how they weren't afraid to show it, how they weren't afraid to let the viewer experience it and know the trauma that Jamie went through. Mm-hmm. I probably should this should have said this with, the, with my number five. They, they took it to a level that some people were uncomfortable with. And um, I respect that. I don't agree with it, but I respect it. Uh, and it's a scary thing, and you don't see it on television. Correct. And they had the balls to do it. And uh, I give them a lot of credit for that. A, a, a close number, I'd say number five B for me uh, that almost made it into my top five, mm-hmm. and this kind of goes along with that, is Anna Forster. Uh, Anna Forster uh, was the director of episodes seven and eight and 15 and 16. Mm-hmm. And again, we had her on the show. So go, please go back and listen to that. I think that's earlier in season one B or one A. Um, we had her on the show and she is just a force of nature. She is unbelievable. Not only is she a, is she a warm and kind person, but she is a fantastic director. What she gave to Outlander, the kind of credibility she gave Outlander and the shots that she created, uh, like she had that famous shot of the two rings in, mm-hmm. in Claire's hands. Um, and the famous shot of Claire speaking to Black Jack Randall with the fire, uh, when she was telling him that blackjack Randall's going to die uh remember my favorite shot in that whole in that whole episode was her her reaching up to him you know yes. the, with the fire in the background and their silhouettes and then also that that great shot too of the beginning of episode ooh was it 16 yeah 16 with Jamie in his hand on the ground and it kind of traversed up his arm and you saw his dead eyes in his face mm-hmm. as the, as the episode began that's all Anna forster she what what she she gave outlander a lot of cinematic heft and it was fantastic um so that is the top 5 uh that we both like and we both wanted from outlander so that's that but my love um what is the one thing you want to see improved uh for season 2
0: improved
1: Do you want me to give mine first you go first okay my first is well, my thing that I want them to improve is the writing consistency. You know, I love Outlander. Um, The problem that it had is that it had these really great highs, you know, as a show. Mm -hmm. You know, you had Garrison Commander up here. You had The Wedding up here. Devil's Mark up here. Uh, You know, you could even go as far as saying maybe uh, a Man's Soul up here. But then you had these really, really bad episodes like The Search or Reckoning. And I know people love Reckoning or The Reckoning. I I can't stand it. It was just, oh my God, it was just, it was muddled. It was, um, It it treated, it had the wrong tone uh it was it was almost insecure of itself and you know a friend of the show matt roberts wrote it and i know he called us out for giving it a bad rating and i'm fine with that but it, it, it had these he had these really high highs and really low lows and that's why you didn't see it get an emmy for for best outstanding drama that's why it's not getting the awards because there isn't this total high level consistency throughout the whole season um they need to improve how they handle the characters. And I know they're kind of stuck too because they have to adapt what was written. You know, they have mm-hmm. to, th- that's the story. And you don't want to deviate too much because you don't want to piss off book readers. But I mean, this is the man that created Battlestar Galactica in Ron Moore. He, he knows how to write television. And he, in my opinion, should be a lot more consistent with the quality of the episodes that he's putting out, the writing. He can 't have these big lulls if there's any chance for Outlander to win any Emmys or more Golden Globes or whatever he needs to give the characters more consistent, complete writing so that's that 's that my love do you have another do you have something that you want them to improve
0: um, I want in general Outlander to the fandom of Outlander and its reach to grow, mm-hmm. and i don 't know how that's possible. I think that they're they're doing a great job right now. We've been able to see that stars has a huge lineup of appearances for the stars. As I was saying, uh, I just I want the Outlander fandom to grow. I have faith in season three that it will happen. Blake just wrote a pod uh, a blog post about how season three will happen, so um, he has a lot of faith about it. I just I love. I love this. I love this series. I love how deeply rooted the fandom already is. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's just so much potential and so much more that we can do. You know, we put a lot of pressure on stars. Mm-hmm. We put a lot of pressure on the the people who are in charge. I mean, they're working their butts off. And... We as Outlander fans, I think, need to take it on and say, all right, now it's our job. It's right. it's our time to help do this because I think that we could help it come to the next level. So in my opinion, if you own the DVDs, give it to a friend at work to borrow. Mm-hmm. Say, you know what? watch this you you got to do this or have someone over i mean it's been it's been free um it's even showing this weekend so i think that people just need to share the love about it on facebook they need right. to share the love about it on instagram or twitter and um you know just like people are sharing right now this chat on periscope just let people see that word outlander Just keep showing it to them, keep talking about it because it needs to get bigger because it's such an amazing series and I just want the rest of the world to know about it. It's
1: kind of like what we always say, you know, if if our podcast is a good enough companion to the real show Outlander for you, please do us a favor and just let people know that we exist. Let people know that we're here. Because we all, us in the show and the other great podcasts that cover Outlander, like the Scott and Assassinoc and and, um, A Dream of Outlander and the Outlander podcast, we all need the promotion. We, We are one giant community. I don't look at those guys as competitors. I look at them as teammates. Granted, we're all competing, I mean, technically for the same listeners and everything, but I don't care. If, if somebody enjoys a Scott and the Sassanok more than us, great, awesome. They're, they're giving you more than what we can give. Or if you're enjoying us more than them, great, we're giving you more than you than they're giving you. So I, we're all teammates. And we're all, our job as a fandom, and the, the people who did this really well were like the, the fans of Hannibal, that television show. They promoted the heck out of Hannibal. And they, they did it to such degree that nbc actually relied on them to promote that show um and so uh, i was actually i was just peeking at mary's ipad and on her ipad she has the periscope live feed Got a
0: lot of things going on right now guys. i know she
1: does a good job i don't know how she does it all <laughs> i and, also
0: pat my head around my back and she's a
1: mom at the same time imagine that she's hey. a superwoman uh screw gal Godot. she it's it's mary larson that's super uh, that's wonder woman um I was just peeking at that, and I saw someone ask, "When will season three be announced?" Now, obviously, there isn't a season three announcement yet, um, and they're not going to announce it uh, at any time soon, uh, because historically, and, I, and I, again, I wrote this. Blo- I wrote this article on the blog. Historically, you see seasons one and two kind of either one be announced in tandem, or season two like very shortly after season one begins, because they want viewers to know that they are committed to the show that they're creating so that's why you saw outlander season two be be renewed almost immediately right um but when it comes to season three networks want to make sure that the first two seasons that they gave of that show pleased people that Mm -hmm. the ratings are good and once they see that then they're going to renew the show and historically networks tend to renew shows when they do at around the one or two month mark after season two premieres. So you're probably going to see an announcement one or two months after season, after April 9th. So if we, if we haven't heard something by about April, I'd say June 9th, we have an issue. Um, Or if we haven't heard something by the time the season ends, we have an issue. Uh, so, but rest easy, folks. Um, this, due to the the current stature of television, how many programs there are, we're gonna, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. Stars needs the content, and stars needs to make sure that people are 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 subscribing to their content. So, uh, trust me. Don't worry. It's coming. It'll happen very soon. Uh, But this will actually open up things for you guys. If you have any questions in the meantime, please let Mary know in the chat room on Mixler or please let her know on Periscope if you have any questions that you want us to answer. I will certainly uh, we will certainly take the time to answer them. Hold on, uh, you
0: you look at Periscope. Okay, I'll look at Periscope, and I'll look over here. I can't multitask that much. My goodness gracious! So yes, if any of you have any questions, um, I'm really excited about it. So Creedry says that another thing that should be improved the character development for certain characters um, like Jamie. He actually had a great deal sense of humor. Um, in the book, so mm-hmm. to see, see more depth. And I think we will get that. I think that this season, had to let, a lot of it had to just kind of set the scene, set what's going on in history, and I have faith that they're going to do future character development. What do right. you think, Blake?
1: I totally agree. Uh, we actually have a question from the Ron and Terry show. Do we have any interviews coming up? Um, I'm going to say yes, but I cannot announce them quite yet, uh, because... No I can't do it. I'd like to, but I can't. uh We have to get permission from stars to talk about that, so that'll be that, but we we do have things lined up coming. Well, I know how this. you can help
0: how uh, yes. you tweet if you tweet stars and you say, "Hey, we'd love for OutlanderCast to get an interview with X, y z right that would help
1: right. I think that'd be great. Please tweet at everybody. Um, they okay. want to know if we're going to the tartan parade." No, no we are not going. <laughs> we are not
0: going. Uh, we can't. We have our son's 3rd birthday <laughs> on actually April 9th. So the April 9th is going to be a very very busy day for us. Yes
1: it is. That's right. That's going to be <laughs> it's going to be a How to Train Your Dragon party and it's going to be crazy. We're just going to have How to Train Your Dragon playing throughout the entire house. It's just going it's going to be Crazy. Daphne
0: Hines asked, do we think that the opening sequence will be updated? Yes,
1: I do. They, they It looks like they had everything from uh, season one on the first one, and um, that would make sense if they updated it. I just hope they don't change the theme song, uh, specifically because we'd have to change our theme song, and that would piss me off. Um, but it, it, it gives... Because everything in the show was changing so much—the setting and the characters and everything—you need to have some kind of base from which you can work, and uh, and something familiar so that you feel you still feel connected to the material. Uh, so I think uh, the, the, the theme song should remain the same if that's the, if that's the case.
0: Uh, some questions over here on Mixler we have. Has Blake ever asked me to spoil a bit of Outlander? And the question is no. He wants to stay 100% unspoiled, so I haven't done that for him. And right. Creedy also asked if we're going to have live podcasts after any of the episodes. Oh,
1: well, we we are definitely doing it on the premiere. Uh, maybe we'll do it on the finale, too. Uh, that, might be, that might be a good idea. Yeah. Um, what else uh oh is uh we had a question here i'm sorry i forget your name um because it, it's already gone back but they think that is there it's 13 episodes going to be too little um for season two now i didn't read the book so i can't speak to the content in the books but this 13 episodes like what we got in season one for 16 episodes that's a rarity now uh, in television in fact the the networks well will pay networks like HBO and 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 stars and show, Showtime even like AMC they're moving to a model now where you're even getting only ten episodes uh, and that's a good thing honestly because it trims out all the fat say what you will about BSG I love that I love that show but there's a lot of filler there's a lot of filler in BSG uh, but the main arcs are fantastic uh, you see like shows like uh, Blindspot and uh and blacklist all those all those like uh those commercial network shows like on nbc and abc they, they have like 24 episode arc uh and it's just too much it's too much television so when you start trimming fat it 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 streamlines the storytelling process it streamlines everything so uh that's that so 13 episodes i think it's a great idea again any other questions
0: um there's been some about book related things that i can't can't do that
1: you. no books
0: and I hope that all of you get to watch all of the different interviews that are going to be going on this week. Very exciting stuff. Uh, thank you so much for your questions. Anything else over on Periscope?
1: Uh, nope. Nobody is uh, asking any questions. I think that is all. Awesome. If you have any other final questions, please get them in now because we only have about five or four minutes left or so. Yes. Actually, three, four minutes. Yeah. So, uh,
0: So a quick thing for those of you who are brand new to us. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So excited to have you here live for this podcast. It's been so awesome to be on Periscope and on Mixler. We really appreciate your coming and spending your Saturday afternoon. Or for some of you, this might be your Saturday night or your Saturday morning. We don't know. But next Saturday, we're going to be watching Outlander. And Blake, what else do we have in store for the next week?
1: Well, uh, actually, Claudie on... at uh, on periscope here she asks or is it clody i'm not sure um she asks when the next podcast and Reed margaret says she enjoyed the history lesson thank you we enjoy doing it but clody the next podcast that we will be doing it will be a live cast as a matter of fact again here on periscope um it will be on the ninth an hour before for the show, so I think we'll we'll start with uh, the clan gathering of us and the and the blog writers at 7:45, uh, and we'll go for an hour, and then after that, once the premiere is over, we will have a instant take episode. So as soon as the premiere is over, please run to Periscope and run to to <laughs> Mix, uh, OutlanderCast.com, and we will be there waiting for you live with our instant take on the episode. So uh, that is that. Uh, my love, are you ready to close out yes, this I show? Am. All right, let's do it.
0: So this outlandish theory of the week... Do you have an Outlandish theory?
1: Yes, I do. It's the Outlander the, the Outlandish theory of the week I forgot to do this is actually um, brought to you by the Wick of Time soy candles. Bring the Scottish Highlands into your home with their Outlander themed candle. Check out this and their various book themed candles on at et- on etsy.com and save 10% from us with the code SASINAC.
0: So that's in the Wick of Time that's right. soy candles. How in, cute is that?
1: In the Wick of Time soy candles on Etsy.com and uh, Your
0: outlandish theory Blake Outlandish
1: theory of the week Black, Jandal, Black Jack Randall ain't dead baby And in fact he's coming back He's coming back in season 2 And I got a feeling It's going to be relatively early I think it's going to happen uh, Episode 3 or 4-ish I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go there uh, Because again they need this villain or or antagonist and he's going to push the story along so that is that (sighs) this episode is over oh by the way guys who won that's what I want to know who won I did no,
0: get out of here, you. <laughs> you know unbelievable. what? We're going to have a poll on Facebook in like 5 minutes. Head yes. on over to facebook.com/outlandercast and vote in the poll. Let us know if I won or if Blake won. I'm going to make that Chloe right Chloe just now. said
1: Mary. Chloe, I answered your question. I picked you out personally.
0: <laughs>
1: and you're cu- you're taking Mary's side. I'm Thanks, make Chloe. This poll, I appreciate though. that. So
0: guys, make sure you head on over to our Facebook page to vote in this poll, especially if you think I should win. I definitely want you to head on yeah, over to Yeah, Chloe, Facebook. you
1: should be sorry. That's okay. No problem. <laughs>
0: guys, Check out outlandercast.com for all previous interviews, all of our episodes. Get excited! Get excited because Droughtlander, it's ending.
1: It's ending. The That's drought it. is
0: ending, guys. The flood of episodes get in, in touch to with begin. us at
1: OutlanderCast at gmail.com and if you do want to support us again like I said please just let everybody know that our podcast exists tell a friend tell a, tell a friend on Facebook tell a friend on Twitter Smoke Signals Instagram I don't care whatever you do and uh, that's that
0: please make sure you're subscribed in iTunes or Stitcher Radio and also make sure that you're signed up for our newsletter our nah. time on Mixler is over thank that's you guys it. so much
1: thank you guys it's been a pleasure